Welcome to Tax Time, our monthly podcast covering the main tax developments in Ireland. My name is David Morn, Tax Associate Director with Grant Thornton. Today we'll be discussing the latest in tax, including new tax measures introduced as part of the Finance Act 2021, updates to COVID supports, public consultation on a territorial regime of taxation, and guidance on the importation of motor vehicles from the UK. I'm joined by my colleague Peter Vale, Partner and Head of International Tax of Grant Thornton Ireland, to discuss the new global minimum tax rate. On the 22nd of December 2021, the Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, published a public consultation on a territorial regime of taxation, in which he has invited the public and interested stakeholders to provide their views on a move to a territorial regime of tax. It is noted that the public consultation is mainly intended as a scoping exercise, seeking to identify the benefits, costs, opportunities and risks of such a move. This public consultation has arisen following the update to Ireland's Corporation Tax Roadmap, published in January 2021, and builds on the work of the 2017 Review of Ireland's Corporation Tax Code by Seamus Coffey. As many taxpayers will be aware, Ireland operates a worldwide system of taxation in which Irish resident taxpayers are subject to Irish tax on worldwide income. Submissions can be made to the Tax Division of the Department of Finance up to the 7th of March 2022. The Finance Act 2021 was signed into law on the 21st of December 2021, implementing a range of new tax measures as announced on Budget Day. Some of the measures included in the Act were an increase of €1,500 to the standard rate cut-off point for income tax and an increase in the second band ceiling for universal social charge, which is aimed at helping taxpayers with the increased cost of living. Increase of €50 in the personal tax credit, employment tax credit and earned income credit effective from the 1st of January 2022. Employment wage subsidy scheme regime extended to 30 of April 22, however the scheme will close new entrants from the 1st of January 2022. An exemption from BIK with respect to employer-provided COVID-19 tests where the test is necessary for the performance of duties of employment. This was also extended to provide an exemption from BIK for flu vaccines provided by employers where the vaccines are made available to all employees. Increase in the deduction of income tax from 10% to 30% in relation to light and heat costs which can be claimed for days working from home. New interest limitation rules effective from the 1st of January 2022 a new tax regime for non-resident corporate landlords, which increases the rate of tax from 20% to 25%. A new digital gaming tax credit, a new zoned land tax which aims to replace the vacant site levy, and changes to the Irish transfer pricing regime, and much, much more. From the 1st of January 2021, the importation of motor vehicles from the UK, excluding Northern Ireland, requires the importer to complete customs import declarations and pay customs and VAT where necessary upon importation prior to registering the vehicle. Revenue release guidance on the 31st of January 2022, dealing with importation of motor vehicles from the UK. This guidance contains details on customs procedures, including different requirements for vehicles first registered in Great Britain, compared to those registered in Northern Ireland. The Department of Social Protection released a statement on the 21st of January 2022, noting that the PUP will close to new applicants on the 22nd of January 2022, in line with the lifting of government restrictions. From the 8th of March, an individual in receipt of the PUP will move to a weekly rate of €208 and finally PUP recipients will be transitioned to standard job seekers terms and if eligible will receive job seekers payments from the 5th of April 2022. Minister Humphreys noted the pandemic unemployment payment has been an absolutely vital support for workers and their families. What was originally intended to be just a six-week short-term payment will now last for over two years with over nine billion in payments issued to workers. The decision to lift restriction represents a hugely positive step, which will see tens of thousands of people return to work over the coming weeks as the country begins to return to normal. 
The debt warehousing regime was a vital support offered to businesses at the height of the pandemic to assist with the cash flow burden faced by many businesses. Phase one of the warehousing regime, being the period in which certain taxes can be warehoused, ended on the 31st of December 2021, with the exception of certain businesses claiming COVID-19 supports, for example, EWSS and CRSS, in the period from 1 January 2022 to the 30th of April 2022. In order to avail of the extension, these businesses must already be eligible for warehousing and applies to tax heads previously warehoused by the business. For example, if VAT and POIE taxes were warehoused up to the 31st of December 2021, then these taxes will get an extension to the 30th of April 2022. Any business claiming this extension will have the benefit of period one being extended to the 30th of April 2022, and period one, apologies, and period two being the interest-free period extended to the 30th of April 2023. Those businesses not qualifying for this extension will complete period two on the 31st of December 2022 and period three will commence on the 1st of January 2023 when an interest rate of 3% will be applied to any warehouse debt. The Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, has noted on the 3rd of February that the EWSS is coming to a close with most businesses qualifying for the subsidy moving to the reduced weekly rate of €151.50 or €203 depending on gross weekly wage per employee for February followed by a weekly rate of €100 per employee for March and April. Businesses that were impacted by the public health regulations in December 21 will continue to receive the enhanced rates for February with the graduated step-down in the subsidy rates being pushed out by a month and the scheme ending for these businesses on the 31st of May 2022. The Minister for Finance has noted, the employment wage subsidy scheme represents a substantial and key part of this government's response to the current crisis. It has been an extremely successful policy intervention and one which has greatly assisted us to maintain the link between employers and employees. Without the support of the EWSS, many businesses would simply not be in existence today and would certainly not be in a position to adapt as responsibly to, as they have to the reopening of all sectors of our economy. The EWSS operates as a highly effective and responsive instrument. At the same time, we must seek to ensure that it is withdrawn at the same time. We're now shifting our focus towards the phased exit from the scheme, which is commencing this month for most businesses as they transition to the reduced rates of subsidy. As I said previously, it is important in everyone's interest we exit from the scheme, and I believe that now is an appropriate time to commence this transition. I am joined now by my colleague Peter Vale, partner and head of international tax in Grand Thornton, Ireland. Hi Peter, thank you for joining me today to discuss the new global minimum tax rate proposed by the OECD and what we are likely to see in the near future. Peter, the global minimum tax rate has progressed at a quick rate and could be introduced as early as the 1st of January 2023. Is this a concern for Ireland Inc or will this be a blessing in disguise? Yeah, hi David, I'm delighted to share thoughts on this topic. It's got a lot of coverage in the press over the last few months and indeed years and I think yeah, it's, it's a good question. I suppose just stepping back because this global minimum tax rate, um, you know, it's the culmination of many years of, of, of global efforts to tackle tax avoidance. Uh, and this, the, the genesis of that was the BEPS programme, which kicked off in 2013 and was published down in 2015. And that was a concerted effort to, to tackle tax avoidance globally. And you had this concept of immoral tax behaviours. So things that weren't illegal, but were seen as immoral. And really there was a massive change in, in the landscape and the mindset of, of people, of businesses, uh, the public in general, and that then fed into how businesses operated and their views on tax avoidance. And a lot of things became seen as unacceptable that might have been acceptable before. But interestingly, um, there was no talk of a global minimum tax rate in the original BEPS programme. So this is very new. So BEPS, BEPS had a lot of stuff in it, a lot of measures to tackle tax avoidance. There was never anything 
on the global minimum tax rate. So it was not part of the original BEPS programme, was never on the agenda, but has now very quickly become one of the key items. And it is, we're seeing this now in what's known as, as pillar two. So just to set that, it is an interesting backdrop, background to it, that this is very new. Some people think that there was always, this was always one of the, the agenda items for the OECD or the EU. It wasn't, so it, it is new. And look at the face of it, it's not good for Ireland. We've got a 12.5% tax rate. So if you came up with a global minimum rate that was higher than that, well, obviously then it dilutes the benefit of our low rate because all very well having in theory a 12.5% rate, but if that has to increase because of a global minimum rate to a higher rate, well then obviously it puts us at a disadvantage. And originally, David, to your question, like how bad is this for Ireland? There was talk of that global minimum rate being as high as 21% which in theory could have meant we would have had to increase our rate to 21%. And certainly larger groups, anybody would turn over over 750 million. So that would have been really detrimental. And it's not that everything hinges on our corporate tax rate, but it is part of our brand and it's a key part of our brand, the 12.5% tax rate. So had that gone up to 21%, well, that would have been a disaster for Ireland, I think. Or certainly very bad news. And we would have struggled to, not saying we wouldn't have survived in that climate, but it would have been, it would have been more of a struggle. And you know, could it have been as high as 21%? Well, originally what the OECD had proposed was a rate of at least 15%. And obviously a rate of at least 15% left the door open for a rate higher than 15% and 21% had been mentioned. So there was a vista of a much higher rate than where it has ultimately landed, which is 15%. And that is why Minister Dunn, who originally didn't sign Ireland up to these new rules, because what was in there was language specifically stating a rate of at least 15% for a global minimum rate. So we couldn't have lived with that. And I think very correctly didn't sign up to it. There were, I assume, negotiations in the background. And when the revised measures were published late last year, it was a rate of 15% in pillar two. And that's where it landed. So that removed the uncertainty. So yes, 15% is not as good as 12.5%. It would have been in Ireland's interest to keep the rate have a global minimum rate of 12.5% or have no concept of a global minimum rate. But look, the world had moved. You know, it looked pretty clear that there was going to be a global minimum rate and it landed at 15%. So a lot better than 21%. Not perfect, but a lot better. And, you know, assuming we do increase our rate now to 15%, well then, look, I think it still leaves us uh, in a pretty good place. But what we didn't want was the uncertainty and a rate of at least at least 15%. Would have left open that uncertain even if it had even if it had initially been 15 percent it could have moved in the future so i think that was the big concern dave was that, that that there was this uncertainty around where that future rate would have gone now we have certainty on a 15 percent and in my view i think we can take that that there's longevity in that rate i don't see that increasing because they could undermine the credibility of the ocd if in the future that rate was to go up and let's say it went up quite quickly to a higher rate. I think, as I say, that undermines the credibility of the OECD and would have to be taken into account in terms of any future negotiations. And then any country would see that, that you can't rely on, on what was in, in, a, in, a, in a pillar document. So I think ultimately it landed in a place as good as it could have been for Ireland. Yes, to an extent, our, the benefit of our low rate has been reduced, certainly for larger groups, because they're now looking at a rate of 15%, but a hell of a lot better than it could have been. So. What has worked out positively is the removal of the uncertainty, which is which is very much a positive. Um, and I think that's ultimately that is what I take from this, that we've landed in a good place. I'm very confident that we're still a very compelling location 
for foreign investment, it's still, even 15%, is still one of the lowest rates in the developed world. And remember, it's in a climate of other countries, in fact, increasing their rates. And I say that looking, looking across the sea at the UK, where they've actually increased their rates and potentially the same thing happening in the US. So actually, even though we will increase our rate to 15%, from a relative perspective, we're probably just as competitive as we, as, uh, as we were. So overall, I think a positive outcome for Ireland. Thanks very much, Peter. Yeah, like I suppose when you, you did mention that there was at least a rate of 15% caused a lot of sweat behind the back of the neck for a lot of mm. large Irish taxpayers and multinational groups headquartered in Ireland. And of course, Minister who couldn't have um, abided by, by, by such commentary. Um, so it is good that we have a rate um, of 15% and not of at least 15%. And I suppose to go back to your first comments that this global minimum tax rate was not included in the original BEPS plan. It just seems to have been added to the top of a pile of a lot of international tax developments recently, such as anti-hybrid rules, interest limitation rules, um, refinement to the transfer pricing um, rules worldwide. So it comes as another um, piece of the pie for large corporate groups um, headquartered in Ireland across the globe to consider as part of their international tax planning and compliance. Yeah, completely agree, David. Um, and you're right, there are a lot more things have come in. Some of them on foot of OECD, of the OECD original BEPS package that then turned into directives at EU level. Uh, and we've now implemented, as you mentioned, um, the anti-hybrid, CFC and other measures. Um, and so while the genesis of some of those was in the OECD's original package, they then got further developed and made their way in, into directives. And they've generally been, been positive for Ireland, as in they haven't had an adverse impact on us. In some cases, we already had legislation that was broadly similar to what, what was in the directive, so we didn't actually need to bring in massive changes. And obviously, we've got the new interest limitation rules now. So, so lots of things have changed, and lots of things have changed overseas as well. And to your point, there's been a lot of sweat poured over the last few years over other measures. And you go back to, to President Trump's original package of US measures, which a lot of people thought would spell the end for Ireland's foreign direct investment offering, certainly from a US perspective, because of the measures that the US were bringing in. And yeah, even back then, there was a period of maybe six months where, where a lot of foreign investment was on hold, but then it kicked off again. So, so we got over that. We've got over a lot of changes that you mentioned and others over the last number of years. And all we've seen is an increase in foreign investment in Ireland. And we've seen our corporate tax receipts rise accordingly. So we've got through everything that's been thrown at us in the past but that's no reason to think that what's coming down the tracks now is going to be dealt with in the same manner. So there, there will be more challenges. And look, I've, I've said I'm optimistic and I am with, with the minimum tax. I think that 15% is something manageable. There is the other pillar, pillar one, which we won't talk about today, but pillar one is you know the digitalization piece of it. And that will divert some of our profits to market jurisdictions. And that's, I think, well, that's a tougher challenge for the OECD to get over the line. I think they will get that over. And I think, again, it's in Ireland's interest that does get over the line as well. And again, there'll be more certainty. What we don't want in that one, David, we don't want lots of countries doing their own thing, lots of different digital taxes. We do hope Pillar 1 gets over the line as well. I think it will take a little bit longer. But again, certainty is a good thing. So I hope that does, does get over the line. So lots of changes, as you say, lots of things have been thrown at us. We, we've got through them all. There is an increasing focus on substance. We we do well on that, we major on that. And I think we have a lot of non-tax factors that act in our favour as well. And look, we're the only English-speaking country in the EU now post-Brexit. So lots of challenges, but lots of reasons to be optimistic as well. Perfect, thanks, Peter. 
Um, Peter, the model rules were issued by the OECD in December 2022, and the EU have released its draft directive roughly in line with these rules. What can we expect from these rules? Yeah, I mean, they have. You're right, the OECD has published its rules and the EU has already published its draft directive. And I do think that draft directive, I think that we, that'll, that'll get over the line. So I think these rules, the minimum tax rules, will be in place um, next year. And look, at the mean that there's now a new 15% tax rate. So Irish companies need to look at their own subsidiaries and make sure that they're for their own subsidiaries that the effective tax rate of 15% is paid. And for Ireland itself, probably more importantly, um, our rate will presumably go up to, to 15% as well. So look, what does it mean? I mean, I think it, it means more tax. At the end of the day, it means companies will be paying more tax revenues. And that's obviously not good for a company. It diverts money, takes money out of their coffers and, and goes to a revenue authority, wherever that might be. And you'd expect, if you do have a, a low tax subsidiary of an Irish company, you'd expect those low tax subsidiaries will increase their own taxes uh, up to the 15% level. So any extra revenues probably not going to accrue to Ireland in, th in that case that they will go to to that other jurisdiction and you'd expect that but why would another jurisdiction give up tax revenues to Ireland that they'd increase their own rate or they're already already seen some some initiatives in, in that regard so it is going to mean more tax and look that's been a feature of the global tax landscape for the last number of years really since the advent of BEPS companies I think there's an acceptance that companies are going to pay more more corporate tax we've seen that we've seen the death of the tax havens certainly of the offshore jurisdiction certainly in terms of of parking taxable profits there. So there's long now been an acceptance of, of paying more tax. And this is another move in that direction. That's, you know, the increase to 15%. So look, it's, it's been well flagged now. Companies have got their heads around it. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to mean anything else other than what we've already spoken about. It's just going to mean great more tax bills. It's going to mean groups have to model that out. And we're already seeing that, trying to model the impact. And that isn't easy because the rules are complicated. Uh, you know, the phase of it, 15% sounds easy. There's a lot of detail behind it, a number of carve-outs as well. So I think what groups will be doing, yes, they will assume that they will be and presume that they will be paying more tax in the future. Exactly what that is will depend on the numbers. So a lot of work already starting to, to take place uh, in businesses to try and map that out. What does it mean for the next few years? And, and, and I think generally going, David, with, with a, a kickoff date of 1 January 23 for that global minimum rate to kick in. You know, thanks, Peter. And I suppose a lot of groups now are trying to make sure that if they do hit the 750 million turnover mark um, for these rules, and I believe it's over the last two, you have to be hit that threshold for two of the last four years to fall within these new model rules. But once you're in in the regime, it is quite complex when looking at the rules as to, well, okay, someone isn't paying 15% tax, but where does that tax now go, and where do where do you look at the top of tax being paid? And um, so. You're right, I think early engagement by taxpayers is, is essential um, and not to put it on the long finger as some of us may tend to do with our taxes. Um, it, it's quite an important piece to get right and get right early. I think it is. And look, it's going to have quite significant cash flow um, implications for, for some businesses. And you're right, I mean, the top up tax, I think what we will see is, you know, most countries will just increase their effective tax rate to 15% so that that top up tax, if you like, is paid in a, in a local jurisdiction as opposed to going up to a, a parent's parent company. And I think that that's probably what, what you'll see in, in most cases. But look, unfortunately, it does mean more work um, for look, it means more work for advisors. It means more work for businesses. It is going to add a, a cost and no question about that. Uh, and maybe worryingly, I think the pillar one piece, so the, the diversion of profits to, to market jurisdictions, the so-called digital tax side of it, David, that's even more complicated 
And that's why that's probably going to be, I think, pushed out a little bit longer. But it's more complexity. There will be a lot more headaches, A, to get that over the line. And that's probably more at a country level and, and the political side of it. Once, once those rules do ultimately get agreed and there is a consensus on them on the pillar one rules, that has a lot more complexity, unfortunately, than the minimum tax rate. So I think businesses are looking at probably having to increase their own resources um, in terms of the tax side of things. And I think we've seen that over the last number of years. I don't see that going anywhere other than increasing and businesses having to ramp up their tax functions. And as I say, look, it's going to mean most likely more, more work um, for tax advisors as well to help businesses navigate what is an increasingly complicated tax environment. Even simple compliance has become a lot more complicated and I don't see that changing at all. And yes, you've got technology probably helping in the background to maybe reduce some of the cost, but you've got a lot more complexity coming down the line. And until technology catches up with that and we have a bot that can deal with all of this, then unfortunately I think it is going to mean more cost for business. And finally, Peter, what do you suggest for Irish taxpayers who are likely to fall within the new global minimum tax regime? Yeah, well, look, part of it, it, it is what it is. I think it's to, if you are going to fall within these rules, and at the moment, as you said, it's 750 million turnover, David, so it's still only a fairly small cohort. I think it's about 1,500 businesses that initially be in it. Um, it's to understand the detail, um, because 15%, as we said earlier, yeah, it's the headline. Sounds simple. It isn't. It's anything but simple. So it's just to understand the detail and do understand what it actually means uh, in terms of extra tax revenues or extra tax liabilities, um, not just in Ireland, but in any other jurisdictions, because you can have other jurisdictions where you think, oh, I've got a high headline rate in that jurisdiction. Surely this doesn't impact on me at all. But actually, when you look at the detail and you get into the effective tax rate piece, it could well be lower than 15%. So it is unfortunately going to have to be a done jurisdiction by jurisdiction. And that's an exercise that certainly many businesses have now commenced. And I think that's important. And I think that's one thing that Irish businesses do need to do. Perfect, Peter. And I suppose um, early engagement is the name of the game, so to speak, in terms of mapping everything out, as you said earlier, and, and modelling what this may look like down the line, um, such that you don't get caught in the hop, so, so to speak. I think so. And you might say, well, there's not an awful lot you can do to counter it. It, it is what it is. And to an extent, there, there is that. But, um, you know, you might need to, I mean, if your transfer pricing hasn't been refreshed, in a while, maybe that, that's an opportune time to look at, it, at that in tandem with these new rules and just understand the starting point, understand the full impact, the way that your structure is at the moment. And then as it is, is there anything that you can do to legitimately reduce uh, the tax liability? Now, in many cases, there won't because this is just a new tax rate. So I think it, it can come back to just understanding what the impact is. And in particular, don't just rely on the fact that you might have a high headline rate in another, in another jurisdiction. It isn't going to mean that you don't have any top up tax to pay there or, or elsewhere. So unfortunately, I don't think there's any avoiding getting into the detail. And there is a lot of that. Thanks, Peter, for your insight into the new proposed global minimum tax rate. That is it for today. Tune into our Tax Time podcast next month, where we'll be discussing the latest tax issues that may affect your business. If you need more in the meantime, visit our website where you'll find many fact sheets and insights into the topics we discussed today. Thanks for listening.